the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Super excited this week. Big event coming up. Never done a breakout bonus session, but we're doing one Thursday from 11 to 1. It's going to be retirement income strategies and estate planning with CFP Chad Burton, myself, and Michelle Lerman. Uh, a seminar in the Doubletree by Hilton Hotel, San Francisco Airport, Burlingame. $25 to get in. It's free if you use the code RADIO25. Then there's going to be a special breakout bonus session, Retirement Tips for Self-Employed and Contract Professionals. It's going to be shortly after one, creating your own employee benefits now that you're your own boss, self-employed retirement plan options, pros and cons of incorporating, business transition strategies, and much, much more. You can sign up for the event at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. While you're there, hit the Resources tab because there's some good downloads that are specifically tied towards income and retirement. And I think you'll get a good taste for what's coming up in your future. Uh, joining me now to talk a little bit about this, CFP Chad Burton. Mr. Burton, how are you? Doing well. How about you? I'm doing well. You sent me an email with some talking points. It hasn't come through yet, so let's just wing this. Uh, yeah. What do you want to talk about? What's what's your focus of the, of the day? Well, you know, we talk about retirement income strategies, and uh, one of the things that I point out is that Timing the market in retirement is actually important, um, okay. but at the same time, the income strategy that I use it doesn't. It's not dependent on calling market tops, which is what people have been trying to deal with for what the last three years. Yep. So it, it's really more about setting rules about trimming gains, because the question you have to ask yourself is that if you're invested right now and you're fully invested in stocks, bonds, real estate. And the market has a correction, yet you're selling some of your stocks, some of your bonds every month to create that income, to put food on the table and to pay for your hobbies and your taxes and everything else. What are you going to do? Because one of the worst things that can happen is if you sell during a downtrend, you're never going to recover that money because you're in retirement, you're in the decumulation phase, you're in the income phase. In accumulation phase, it doesn't matter. You're buying more every time you get a paycheck, right, in your 401k. So 
when market corrections occur, you're buying shares for cheaper. But in retirement, it's it's an issue because people that retired in 2007 that were fully invested, and a lot of people were at that time, you know, the market's going to go up forever. It's a new economy. So they were actually overweight in stocks for retirees. And they were selling all the way through March of 2009. And they had less and less and less shares to recover when the market did recover and then some. So what the timing market, the market is, is realizing that you have to have a certain amount of portfolio draws every year and you need three years worth of those in cash. And then when the market is going through a good period, you're trimming enough of your gains, especially on the stock side and sometimes on the bond side, to replenish the cash reserves that you're supposed to have. So it's really more about setting rules around trimming your gains during the good quarters in the market so that you don't have to sell when the market goes through a downtrend. Okay. Now, what happens if part of the income is in downtrend? For instance, oil goes from $60 a barrel down to 30 and you had a couple oil stocks like a Chevron and maybe an Exxon um, as part of your portfolio. Do you micromanage that or do you go ETFs? Do you go bond funds? Um, how do you manage like a, a bullet shot into your income portfolio? Well, you just hit something on the head, and that's the income of the portfolio. And the reason why people, you know, they might do a radio show or try to sell you a, a seminar that talks about charts and timing the market and going all in and all out. But look, I mean, if you've got a two million dollar portfolio in retirement in the Bay Area, and that's going to safely get you eighty grand a year to be able to last till a hundred with you know, adjusting your income upward with inflation every year. Um, that $2 million of invested correctly in a balanced portfolio of dividend-paying stocks and bonds is going to be yielding somewhere between 56000 and $60,000 a year. So as soon as you go all cash, your dividends and your interest stop. So it's a huge mistake because the dividends and interest come whether the market's down or up. And so people that try to time the market and go all in and all out, especially in retirement, are losing out on a massive amount of income. Um, and a lot of times, even if they call a market top, which is always a short-term issue because the market recovers and then goes past it, um, they rarely get back in in time. And by the time they get back in, not only have they lost that income, but they've also lost usually, they, they get back in at a higher point than they got out. Um, so you have to have a certain amount of cash to live off of when the market is down, and then you have a nice income from your portfolio. You turn on the tap, take your dividends and interest. So when it comes to a down market, you still look at, if you bought individual stocks, you still look at the long-term prospects. Is the thesis still in place? And if not, or if dividends have been cut, um, or the debt of a company changes, you, you may sell it, and you're still managing your portfolio, but it's not dependent on... You know, is the market going to be up or down tomorrow? You just if you try to get into that game, you're going to drive yourself crazy. I hear you on that. Speaking of driving me crazy, we're doing a kind of a long event for us: uh, retirement income strategies and estate planning, plus a bonus session, July 13th. It's going to be in Berlin game at the DoubleTree by Hilton Hotel. It's coming up pretty quickly, so registration is key because we have to hammer out how many people we're buying lunch for. Um, it's in Berlin game, San Francisco airport. Uh, Double Tree by Hilton. It's twenty-five dollars to get in, but you can use the code Radio Twenty-Five as a radio listener. Um, you're doing a special bonus session for retirement tips for self-employed and contract professionals. What percentage of your clients are? And this is rough. This isn't scientific. 
are self-employed and or contract professionals? Because I have to imagine most people create wealth on like Apple stock options and Facebook stock options. How many of them are creating wealth being self-employed and contract professionals? Um, in terms of new focus with all of our advisors, I'd guess probably 10 to 15%, somewhere around in there. Okay. Um, I mean, you've got business owners, which, you know, own corporations with, you know, many employees. And this one's kind of more towards the uh, contract employee, the person that's self-employed. Maybe it's them and their spouse and they're uh, taking various jobs or clients that we have that serve on various boards of different companies. And they have this this earned income that's 1099, you know, typically to them. And they're trying to find ways to save taxes and sock more away pre-tax. And when you're self-employed and you're getting the 1099, um, that's when the whole world of individual 401ks, SEP IRAs, defined benefit plans open up the ability to maybe incorporate as an S-corp and reduce some self-employment tax. So there's a lot of options out there that it gets a little bit confusing. A lot of people just rush out and create a corporation and not really know what they're doing. And they can actually decrease the amount that they can put away pre-tax. So you have to be careful and have to work with a team. One of the guys that I work with, a television guy named Mark Dannon, his wife is able to sock away. She's an agent, so she's a contract worker for herself. Mm -hmm. She socks away over 100K in a 401K, and he works and gets the great corporate benefits and healthcare and things like that. So it's a wonderful tandem. Um, but because she's self-employed, she's able to save a lot more money because she knows what she's doing. We've got about 30 yeah, seconds left. Anything you want to oh, go ahead? Yeah, what she's looking at is, is probably a defined benefit plan, which is something that allows you to put a lot more away pre-tax than a 401k, which is cut off well before 100 grand. So if she's doing that, Rob, she's doing something like a defined benefit plan. Gotcha. It's a super smart, incredibly intelligent CFP, Chad Burton. You can see him in person at the Doubletree by Hilton Retirement Income Strategies in a State Planning Session this Thursday. Plus, there's a bonus session for self-employed and contract professionals. You can learn more by going to newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Use the code RADIO25 when signing up for the event for this Thursday, Retirement Income Strategies in a State Planning in Burlingame. the conversation. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. I'm Rob Black. Again, big event coming up this Thursday. Later in the show, I'm going to be giving away some Tim McGraw Faith Hill tickets. So be ready for that. Maybe I'll ask a bonus question. Maybe I'll give a secret word or something like that in the next hour. So, ooh, that tells you that tells you it's going to be over an hour. Um, so probably going to be the second segment of the second hour. Today's early buying interest in uh, Seattle where Amazon is located, opportunistic shoppers are taking advantage of Prime Day sales. 
buyers on Wall Street, however, aren't taking advantage of anything on Wall Street. So there's a little bit of a disconnect going on. So markets open lower, maybe a little bit of a bounce. Um, crude oil is kind of a big story. It's not playing out yet, uh, but it's worthy of note. It's not playing out yet, but it's worthy of note that you know it's something that we want to keep our eyeballs on. Crude, a lot of people believe that oil is going to drop below 40 if OPEC doesn't make a shock and awe production cut. And that catalyst could be further intervention by OPEC or a steady drop in U.S. crude stockpiles. Um, and the nation's rig count. Those are the things that we're paying attention to in oil. Now, oil is kind of a tell on global markets and demand. Um, if economies are doing well, we can tend to consume more oil. Tend, not always, but tend. The stockpiles of how much do we have, how much do we uh, have in case the, the world goes to war and oil stops getting delivered. That's the premise that I made up, but um, stockpiles are important because if you have a lot, then you don't need it anytime soon, and you can kind of eat off your own fat, so to speak. Um, OPEC's important because they control a large chunk of the world oil. Not as much as they used to, but a large chunk. Stockpiles are declining right now, but rising production in Libya and Nigeria is a concern. So oil going to $30 a barrel would be great for airlines. Um, it would be bad for integrated oil companies. Tesla has said today that they're going to dramatically expand its service network as Model 3 deliveries have started. As Tesla prepares for a surge in the number of vehicles it will have on the road, the company is dramatically expanding its service network. Now, stock got beat up in the last 10 days, and today it moved a little bit higher. On this news, probably not. Because when you say that we're going to open up 100 new service stations, and you already have 150 out there, that's a dramatic increase. Um, but they want a clean launch. They want increased servicing efforts to support the growing base of Tesla owners. If the Model 3 rollout includes glitches or problems with the new cars, Tesla's service operation will be tested. So 350 new mobile service vans will be created. 1,500 additional service workers will be hired. But it costs a lot of money to pull that off. So... Last year, Tesla listed $467 million in revenue for services and other activities such as selling you know, certified pre-owned models. Uh, but they have to protect their reputation. They're well-known as a company losing money. They're well-known as a company who has magic coming down the pipeline. But they have to keep that reputation good. And if you're, you have a, a wonky situation, they want to fix it fast. PepsiCo, good, solid American company. Um, their quarterly profit beat expectations as higher pricing of sodas and snack foods in North America paid off as the company sold its minority stake in British bottler Britvic. Uh, they said that sales in North America, which is the company's largest uh, area, rose 2% to $5.2 billion. Volumes were flat, but pricing was up. Uh, PepsiCo and Coca-Cola obviously are suffering from the concept that soda's bad when... 20, 30 years ago, soda was refreshing. It gave you a jolt of energy or something like that. I don't know. I'm not the marketing, branding person. Uh, but PepsiCo and Coca-Cola have focused on smaller, higher margin packs in developed markets while pulling back on promoting large discount packs as they look to cushion the impact of falling demand for fizzy drinks. I remember a couple of years ago, you'd go into like a 7-Eleven and you could see a 12-pack of Coca-Cola, maybe $3.99, and 12-pack of Pepsi, $4.99. You're like, well, I'm going to go with the $3.99 one. So they're going away from that, and they're moving towards little 8-ounce servings versus 12-ounce servings. 
And uh, I like Pepsi for the long-term patient investor. I don't own any shares directly, but it is what it is. Snapchat in the news today, they were downgraded by Morgan Stanley, which is a rare rebuke because Morgan Stanley helped bring them public. So they were downgraded to equal weight from overweight with a $16 price target down from 28 um, so Snap is trading below its IPO price at this point in time. I saw that earlier today. Let me see if that's still correct. Yes, it's at $16 a share. Uh, poor, poor, poor billionaires who own that company. Um, Evan Spiegel, he's now got a couple less hundreds of millions. Morgan Stanley downgraded Snap to equal weight. That's kind of a big news. Um, a lot of people have problems with Snap that it really seems to be set up for 14 to 25 year olds um, and you can't really sell booze in advertisement or you can't really sell a lot of higher end stuff to that audience now, it's, again it's a good audience and hopefully they'll grow with the stock or grow with the company is the thought but Snap needs to come up with something that's more adult like instead of having rainbows fly out at your mouth maybe something a little bit more adult like I don't know I'm just talking so and they don't really do a lot of sharing with investors. And you might remember that Evan Spiegel, um, he doesn't really, really like talking. He's like, you know, the day they came public on uh, Wall Street, he was like, yeah, I'm happy. He didn't, have, he didn't use it as a chance to say, you know, we're crushing it. We're owning it. Walmart, speaking of getting crushed, and Costco, speaking of getting crushed, uh, both have moved lower this week. Um, Amazon's got its big annual Prime Day going right now, and it's pretty sexy. Um, you know, Walmart investors are scared. Walmart may or may not be. The online giant Amazon is set to pull in a billion dollars during a 30-hour sale. Walmart's been trying to beef up its online retail business recently. It bought Jet.com. It's been a successful strategy so far, but it's, you know, it's putting them in the same turf with Amazon, but they're certainly not level. So... Uh, Walmart and Costco both fall, and Costco had a pretty damn good quarter. And um, to see this kind of reaction tells you that you know Wall Street's kind of falling in love with Amazon. Um, just my opinion. So, eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls on the air. It's eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, yeah, Costco had a good quarter, and their stock fell. So. Uh, is Costco immune to Amazon? No, but they do have some things that people like, like the food court and the gasoline and the tires and things like that, um, as well as a pretty darn good, pretty darn toot and good uh, travel service. 800-516-1220 to each calls in the air. Deutsche Bank throws some cold water on the iPhone 8. We'll talk about that and more as the show progresses. Stick with me. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW on the iHeartRadio app. Black now. 800-516-1220. That's 800 
516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Joining me now from briefing.com, the one the only market expert. Um, bringing it to us as he does on a regular basis, Patrick O'Hare. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? Hey, Rob. I'm doing well. Thank you. Good to be back with you. Quick bio on yourself. You've been doing this for like 20-plus years. Um, that's the way I could sum it up. You're looking at the markets. You're talking about them. You're writing about them. You're strategizing about them. Uh, give me a little bit more color than that. Yeah, great. Uh, well, I did uh, start uh, a little over 20 years ago at briefing.com, um, and so as the chief market analyst uh, on a daily basis, I take the uh, the information flow, if you will, uh, that's provided by uh, by headlines, and I I try to distill it into um, you know digestible information for retail and professional investors alike in terms of what it actually could mean for the broader. Uh, market and by extension some of the other capital markets such as bond markets and currency markets um, and uh, you know and then in a, a weekly piece I write for the big picture which is more of a macro oriented piece befitting um, uh, of the uh, the name of the column uh, where I kind of take more of that sort of 10,000 foot view of things and try and again break it down and uh, give it some meaning for retail and individual investors on any number of Topics ranging from, you know, economics to Fed policy to earnings trends, uh, and to some of the the trading action we're seeing in the market itself. I'm not going to say that I cheat, but I do start with your page one every day, and it's a nice way of not watching Bloomberg for an hour, or it gives me a chance to focus on other areas of research. Uh, so you start off with your page one, and cutely, you said today a prime day for tape watching, obviously tied towards Amazon. Any commentary on on Amazon Prime Day creating a shopping holiday and the stock itself and how it's just it's decimating other stocks. Costco and Walmart are both down big on the news that Amazon's having a Prime Day. Right. Well, you know, there's no question that you know Amazon has a a great deal of mind share right now amongst investors because it also is clearly demonstrating that it's taking market share from uh, you know a wide swath of uh, of competitors. Uh, and that has uh, certainly shown up uh, very well on the stock price, uh, which I think has responded favorably because, you know, investors are coming around to the understanding that the kind of the promises of all that investment that Amazon made in the past, which essentially, you know, uh, cut into its profitability, uh, is starting to come to fruition. And now uh, the... Uh, you know, they're seeing some exponential growth in that business model as Amazon is able to capture more market share, not only in the retail vertical, but in other verticals, like we're seeing uh, certainly with its Amazon, uh, you know, cloud services. So it's become a really, uh, really strong secular growth story. Uh, and that's been an underpinning factor for the stock, which some might claim is overvalued on a PE basis. But obviously, there's plenty of proponents here who still are are willing to pay up for the uh, the earnings growth that Amazon is delivering and is expected to deliver in the future. I'll be honest. Um, I thought the year started off pretty clear. You know, Donald Trump rally based on tax cuts, cash repatriation, um, infrastructure plan, uh, maybe health care reform. Then it kind of started slipping, and a lot of that may or may not happen. Then you had like a high-profile Snap IPO that came out and kind of flopped a little bit. 
I don't have a good pulse on the market right now. We're we're midway through the summer. What what should I know and what should I be focusing on as we go into the back half of the year? Well, I guess ironically, uh, you know, the market oftentimes doesn't have a pulse during the summer, so don't feel too bad. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> you know, you tend to have some of these lazy uh, trading days throughout the summer, uh, and we're kind of stuck in that that rut at the moment. You know, I also alluded to in my page one article this morning that uh, the market has been moving in fits and starts, but it really hasn't moved much. Uh, you know, we're roughly at levels we were about a, a month ago. Uh, and I do think it does uh, reflect some of the uh, growing angst with respect to the market stretch valuation as well as the heightened element of uncertainty surrounding fiscal and monetary policy, uh, which has yet to you know, create any clo- real closure here. And, and, you know, and I think we're going to you know, obviously hear a lot more on uh, the monetary policy uh, side of things this week with Fed Chair Yellen giving her semi-annual monetary policy report to Congress. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think that's going to be very, very noteworthy. And uh, it's one of the factors that I alluded to in my, my market view update uh, from a few weeks ago as potentially being a, uh, a clash of the titans uh, for the market in the second half of the year because uh, it does sound like the Fed is finding reason and, and is definitely angling to continue to remove some of that policy accommodation, even though it continues to look at some some fairly soft inflation. So focusing on Janet Yellen, there's talk now that her term's starting to come to a conclusion and that Donald Trump will want to put his stamp on the Federal Reserve. Any thoughts on a transition? Does that Do you think that makes her more aggressive so that she's setting up a predecessor for when? Do you think it creates uncertainty? Too early to tell? Or am I asking a silly question? Well, you know, it is it is hard to say, Rob. I mean, you know, you, there's also the re- I've seen reports really that suggest that it's not not out of the realm of possibility that President Trump could reappoint her to a second term. Um, oftentimes, you just don't know what is on his mind at any given point in time. So, so you uh, you can't rule out that possibility. But uh, but it does contribute again to this uh, element of uncertainty that's hanging over the market, and that's clearly a very important appointment. Uh, and it's going to come at a really important time because the Fed uh, looks to be on a path towards starting to normalize its balance sheet. And so, if you end up getting new leadership at the top there uh, shortly after that process begins, it will create a little bit of added uncertainty for the market that can kind of hold things back until uh, till market participants can get a certain level of comfort with the, with the new Fed chair. I remember when I was a young child, I saw that commercial where there was an American Indian and he was crying and basically he just saw a landfill getting bigger and bigger and bigger and America the Beautiful was turned into America the Ugly. Um, I remember as a child watching the national debt go higher and higher and higher. Are we doomed with debt? Because I saw consumer credit up $18.4 billion the most in six months. Do you have any gloom and doom scenarios as a father that you're worried about that America's doing things slightly wrong? Well, yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, I think that it's kind of that, those things that just sort of get tossed off to the side, which are actually some really important issues, uh, namely the entitlement programs. Uh, and then you have a lot of underfunded, uh, you know, public pension plans, obviously, which, uh, which are going to come home to roost at some point here, right? Um, and I think, you know, the, the issues that are, are hanging over, uh, you know, the federal government as well as a lot of state, local governments with respect to living up to their 
uh, quote, promises uh, are going to become increasingly challenging and, and, and will continue to basically detract from investments in other areas that could drive stronger levels of economic growth. So it will be a problem. And it's just one of those things, though, that, you know, we tend to be pretty myopic. And uh, when it comes to stock market considerations and the stock market right now knows that's all out there, but clearly, you know, uh, avoiding those issues and, and isn't acting too overly concerned by them right now. But but there will be a day of reckoning, I think, at some point here, um, you know, probably given the demographic factor and, and, and the aging of the baby boomers. So taking a look at the markets, one of the things that I'm expecting, and this is just a amateur's approach to digesting. Well, not an amateur. I've been doing this for a while. Um, are we going to go from a tech kind of everything was flowing into tech at the beginning of the year, Apple, Facebook, Netflix, Google Alphabet. Is there a shift going on towards financials or is it too early to tell as far as market leadership goes? Because I'd love to see that. I like seeing financials lead. Well, the, you know, there certainly has been lately, Rob. I mean, the financial sector has done tremendous here, uh, you know, over the last, uh, you know, month month or so and and uh and we've seen that coincide with uh with some uh i don't know underperformance at point certain points of time within the technology sector but you know you've had a market that has kind of gone nowhere because you've had money rotating within the market as opposed to kind of just flowing out of the stock market altogether uh and that's fact that it's held up there has been driven in large part by the relative strength you've seen in the financial sector which is a heavily weighted sector in the s&p 500 and that's helped offset some of those periods of weakness we've seen in the most heavily weighted sector, which is the information technology sector. We've got a couple minutes left. Is there anything that you're working on that you want to highlight as a, a show-off for what you do for briefing.com? Well, sure. You know, there's there's two things that I'm looking at right now this, this week. Uh, you know, we alluded to earlier with respect to, you know, uh, Janet Yellen's testimony uh, this week on monetary policy. and Just kind of waiting to hear what I... You know, waiting to see what I hear from from her uh, and and how the market reacts to that, and, and uh, you know, can provide some big picture commentary on that perhaps. And then I'm also uh, again looking at this, you know, the fact that Amazon seems to be taking over the retail world, and I think that you know you've got a lot of retailers that are effectively killing themselves because they're trying to continually lower prices, and, and they're basically training consumers to constantly expect lower prices. And, uh, you know, and that could be you know, problematic here uh, from a long-term vantage point for a lot of those retailers. Thanks very much for joining me. It's Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com, a very insightful source and insight. I post his stuff directly on my Facebook, Cron4 page, Cron4 Rob Black. It also goes out via Twitter and other resources. You can find out more about Briefing at Briefing.com. Patrick O'Hare has been a trusted source of mine for 20 years now. Holy mackerel, time flies. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show. Don't forget I have a seminar coming up Thursday. You can find out for it at Rob Black Show. Sign up for it. It's in Burlingame. Use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. Up in a different bedroom
Black now. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Big event coming up this Thursday in Burlingame. I'm going to be going over some stocks and stock ideas, but CFP Chad Burks is going to be talking retirement income strategies and estate planning. Um, there's a lot of information that you can take a look at at robblackshow.com and hit on the upcoming events. It's a seminar July 13th from 11 to 1, plus there's a breakout session from 1 to 2. Uh, lunch is served at the Doubletree by Hilton Hotel, San Francisco Airport. It's registration is $25. You can get in free for the, using the code Radio 25. I believe people can sign up at robblackshow.com for the next day, uh, but it is filling up pretty fast. So let's bring in a caller, Pat, I believe in Hayward. Pat? Yes, good morning. I'd like your opinion on a stock call, NVIDIA. Do you own it? No, but my daughter is considering buying it. She wants to purchase about $10,000 worth, and I advise her you don't chase the stock, but I wanted your opinion. I think your advice is pretty wise and pretty sage. I think her thought is pretty aggressive and pretty smart. So you're both kind of right. Um, if you listen to the show, I've been recommending it for years uh, because they make graphic processing units. Um, and Intel makes CPUs. And Intel's kind of on the way out. Not really, but mm-hmm. kind of becoming more of a value player, whereas NVIDIA is kind of becoming more of a growth player. NVIDIA signed a deal this week to work with Toyota to be putting their semiconductors in their autonomous vehicles. And I think more and more car companies, in order to keep up with Tesla and innovation, have to come up with cars that see and recognize things. Um, And NVIDIA for years has been using their graphic processing units to make video games of how to drive really fast and jump over a speed bump and land on top of an enemy's car. And that's all stuff that we kind of need if we're going to have self-driving cars. We need the, we need in real time. We don't need the cloud. We need in real time on the car a, a really multi-processing unit that can like figure things out. Um, I think your daughter, what she should do is instead of buying ten thousand, buy five thousand. But she should have a diversified portfolio before she does that, and then she should say, in a market correction, I'm going to buy five thousand dollars more. And if it goes up another five points, I'll buy five thousand dollars more. Um, so she kind of scales in. Needham has a price target on it of $200, for, uh, up from 130 Wall Street's fallen in love with this one. Uh, so what you kind of need right now is for Trump to step on a banana, fall on his butt in Wall Street to go, <gasps> and everyone sells everything. Um, or, like I said, you buy just a very little bit. Uh, they are in uh, enterprise uh, storage. They are in cloud. They are in cars. They are in the right place at the right time, and they're relatively small. You can take a look at their competitor, uh, which is maybe something, another strategy your daughter does, if she has a diversified portfolio. If she's just playing Vegas, I'd rather her go to Vegas and bet on black. Uh, do one spin of the wheel and double your money or lose everything. Um, but this isn't a cheap stock. It's very expensive. It's like buying a Tesla or Netflix. You have to have a lot of courage to do it. So it's not meant to be an investment. It's meant to be kind of a... Uh, a trade. It's meant to be something that it's it's hot and sexy. And if she does do well with it, maybe she sells half and keeps the rest for a long-term investment. Um, but you know, good gosh, 
Uh, taking a look at it in two years, it's gone from $24 to 154 I do something on Facebook Live every Friday, and I recommended it pretty aggressively at $90 this year uh, when it dipped. Um, but you don't get those opportunities often, and you're chasing performance. Like I said, I think you're right and your daughter's right. If she's diversified, if she owns a home, if she has a portfolio of $100,000, and some of it's in stuffy old boring stocks um, or ETFs, I think that's fine. Um, I, I, I don't think it's crazy. Um, NVIDIA is in a good place. It's at the right place at the right time. And, uh, you know, it's, it's got a lot of buzzwords tied towards it. So know that you're going to have to babysit it on a regular basis and keep a good eye on it. Uh, but other than that, I, I'm fine with it. So thanks for the call. 800-516-1220. I first interviewed a board member from NVIDIA about 15 years ago. I grew up playing video games as a child, and I kept that habit until my late 20s. NVIDIA is conscientious about rendering the best possible images. Video games used to be, you know, Pong, which wasn't a great image. It was kind of tennis, but it was kind of a letter I, um, hitting a ball back and forth. And then we started coming up with better video games, that high-definition 2D, and then 3D games started coming out. Um... You know, they've got a lot of competition. AMD, Apple, Intel, Qualcomm. The fabulous semiconductor companies, GP brands, are GE Force and Quadro. Quadro is for the designers and digital artists. And Tesla for scientists and researchers. Tesla, not the car company, but Tesla is the name of one of their chipsets. The company has 72% share of the market for gaming. Their processors are used in cloud computing, data centers. It's a major mobile processor brand. Tegra. It's designed not only for mobile process devices, but mobile settings such as automotive systems. Uh, so it's not cheap, and she's very late to the party, but there's been worse, worse decisions made in the world. So at least she's got all the buzzwords right and things along those lines. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Right now there's a lot of caution ahead of the potentially influential events. Uh, Yellen's testimony, economic data, earnings kickoff that are going to occur later in the week. So not a lot going on earlier in the week, but later in the week there seems to be plenty. Um, Barron's came out with a report, just I saw this recently, uh, saying be cautious on NVIDIA and on Intel. New types of chips are gaining ground. So uh, you may want to take a look at that article to give you some good ideas and insights. Uh, you can find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Got a big event coming up in Burlingame this Thursday, 11 to 1. Uh, retirement income, wealth preservation strategies. You can find out more by going to newfocusfinancial.com. Sign up, hit the event page. Use the code radio25, radio25 to get in for free. Um, on top of that, there's all sorts of good downloads there in the resources. Check it out at newfocusfinancial.com. Planning for retirement can be complicated. There's lots to consider. But by narrowing your focus to a few key issues, you can maximize your retirement income and give yourself a much better chance of enjoying a comfortable retirement. I'm Rob Black, and on July 13th, I'll be in Burlingame for a special lunchtime event with CFP Chad Burton and attorney Michelle Lerman. We'll be discussing retirement income strategies and estate planning updates that you can use to get the most of your retirement nest egg. We'll cover passive versus active portfolio management, transitioning your portfolio from the accumulation phase to the income phase, which accounts to draw from first, measuring risk, estate planning tips for 2017, and more. 
That's Thursday, July 13th at the Doubletree in Burlingame. The event runs from 11 to 1 and includes lunch. And if you can stick around, we've also got a breakout bonus session where we'll give some retirement tips for the self-employed. Go to robblackshow.com for the details and to register. Costs $25 and we'll waive that fee for KDOW listeners. Just use promo code RADIO25 when you register at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com, promo code RADIO25. Hope to see you there. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.